Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Thank you from not just the bottom of my heart, but also all over and all around my heart. Thank you so much for listening to the show. All right, it's a uh, crazy productive, amazing, busy-ass time to be a member of the CNJ Radio family, but I'm taking it in stride. You know, I started doing uh, the odds and ends of the decade uh, a couple of months ago, not realizing that I wouldn't do part two for another couple of months, so I'm a little behind. Let's, uh, let's get back into the odds and ends of this decade. For those of you who are new to this show or just listening to us because we're on Spotify and things like that, or I'm just promoting better, probably a combination of all those things but uh the odds and ends it's something that uh really i don't see any other show doing and that's uh putting a spotlight on albums that aren't like you know fully realized full-length albums the kind of things that aren't going to make the critics list at the end of the year or even the fans list mainly just songs from eps soundtracks singles only releases tribute albums live albums i call it the island of misfit toys for music Uh, i like to uh, compile those things and feature them on episodes give them their due because there's some great stuff to be had out there Uh, i forgot about reissues i do focus on reissues too as well so things you should definitely be made aware of because these things really do fall through the cracks it's hard enough to get like a full-length realized piece of art you know to people's ears uh, but there's all these other things that just don't get the the great promotion that they should uh, so we're going to catch you up on all these things from this decade if you didn't hear part one go back a few episodes look for the odds and ends of the decade part one or whatever i called it uh, but getting to the music here finally getting to the music yeah i talked a little more didn't i okay but the music sells itself (laughs) so uh there's an artist that myself and my wife got into massively over this last decade 100 thanks to the underground garage channel on sirius xm little steven's underground garage the best rock and roll radio station probably ever they definitely hooked me up with a lot of my uh, new rock band tastes over the last yeah probably 15 years now at this point somewhere around there 15 years and uh, this guy right here definitely is a standout for uh, quote-unquote new acts that I got into this decade. This guy, Kurt Baker, he is a, uh, a power pop throwback guy. You know, a little bit of punk, a little bit of pop, a little bit of new wave, you know, singer-songwriter. He's just a massive talent, and he gets the brilliant meat and potatoes aspect of rock and roll, and we love him for it. That being said, for that reason, not huge in the States at all. It's a damn shame. You go look at his tour dates, and he's like playing Spain and Europe and places like that, and not even sniffing America, even though he is an American. But I get it, you know, go where the money is. Uh, but let's try to get Kurt some dates here in the States. Go support his stuff, find him online, things like that. Uh, let's get you a little taste. He put out a, a covers EP earlier this decade called Got It Covered, and he uh, it's pretty much in the pocket of late 70s, early 80s, punk, new wave, hybrid kind of stuff, power pop. Uh, there's a Nat cover on there. There's a uh, Nerves Blondie cover on there. I guess you know what that is if you're really hardcore. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a fun listen. 
perfect listening uh like seven song ep for getting you to and from work so go check it out got it covered by kurt baker here's uh one of my favorites off of this for sure and one of my favorite songs ever how can you not you know this i've done everything for you Kicking off this episode, this entry of the odds and ends of the 2010s decade, Volume 2, that was Kurt Baker with a song written by Sammy Hagar but popularized by Rick Springfield, I've Done Everything For You. So yeah, great stuff there. Uh, Nice straight ahead version of it. Uh, Didn't mess with the original too much at all, which is uh, par for the course on the Got It Covered covers EP. So I think it's fun. Go check it out. Like I said, go look up all of his stuff. He's really fun. If you don't like him, you don't like fun. All right. 
And if you couldn't tell, I mentioned this on Volume 1 of the Odds and Ends wrap-up here. I was going in alphabetical order because I initially said alphabetical order is easier, and I'm still going in alphabetical order, but I'm dialing it back a little bit because I missed some of these entries in Volume 1. I had to redo the entire list, basically because I lost the original list. <laughs> so, going back to it, I was like, oh, I missed some stuff here. So I guess there's some validity in going back because who's perfect? I sure as hell am not. Uh, but speaking of perfect, it's a damn near perfect album that never got released when it was supposed to. And I'm going to talk about it here. Earlier here in the decade, I want to say it was around 2012 or so. Uh, and I decided to not include this on my overall albums list for the decade. Uh, mainly because I just feel like it wouldn't be fair to the other albums. So I'm going to go ahead and put it over here in the odds and ends for the decade. Uh, for reasons to make it more fair to them. That being said, this album was never given a proper release when it was supposed to in 1967, but it finally did in this decade, so I really should count it, but I'm not going to once again. Uh, I'm gritting my teeth there, but uh, the most famous non-released album of all time finally gets released here this decade, Smile by the Beach Boys. Uh, you can find it as an official release under the name The Smile Sessions, and I don't know why they call it The Smile Sessions, because they put out definitely what is considered to be probably the proper track order listing from the original sessions, stuff like that. It's what it was going to sound like if it had come out at the time, maybe with some variants, but it's close enough to the bootlegs that I've heard for years and years and years, so they should have just called it Smile and, and be done with it, but maybe they were doing that out of respect to Brian Wilson's version of Smile in 2004. I don't know. It's a whole thing. There's uh, entire books written about this album. There's documentaries about this album. Uh, dive deep. It's something else for sure. You should go get this album. And I'm basically starting with the, the first main full-length track on here because it just flows. You don't want to come in in the middle of it. So the only way I can really shine a spotlight on the Smile album is to really just play the first full-length song that you hear. After the intro, you get this, and one of the songs that actually did get released here and there whilst the album hadn't been released was this song. So you might know this, but it's a, a it's an unpopular Beach Boys single uh, because it's, it's pretty much the follow-up to Good Vibrations, but it's like the weirder sister companion, the one that uh, was the hippie that ran away from home and went to a lot of festivals. So this is <laughs> the Beach Boys with the absolutely brilliant single from 1967 and now on the smile sessions this is heroes and villains i've been in this town so long and back in the city i've been taken for a lost to come and i've known for a long long time fell in love years ago with an innocent girl from the spanish and indian home home of the heroes and villains once a night could do his way
that real slow dive right there at the end kind of evil clown music kind of thing going on it's it's something else that heroes and villains a lot of time changes uh definitely not ready for prime time in its day i don't think people are still ready for that one but you really should make a point to go get the smile sessions release it's it's a must own it's it's one of my favorite things ever probably if i had to make a top 10 list of things you need to own it's probably in there so go check it out smile sessions officially by the beach boys the album that would have competed with Sgt. Pepper and given it a uh, a freaker run for its money for sure. I just don't know how it would have played out. We'll never know now. Uh, but anyway, speaking of rivalries and stuff like that, sick of still hearing about the Blur Oasis rivalry. We can just put this to bed, right? Blur is better than Oasis. Oasis are hacks next to Blur. 
yeah, I'm going to die on that hill. But Blur is so much better. And not a lot of like rock guys like Blur, but they should. They're basically the 90s answer to the kinks. They were straight up British working class pop rock sensibility. You have those two songs that everybody knows by them, Girls and Boys and Song 2. But if you dive deep on this band, it's pretty damn rewarding. Uh, they only put out one full length this decade, and it definitely was not my favorite album of theirs. I think Damon Albarn might be a little too far gone into the gorillas, uh, you know, gorilla land to uh, really fully commit to Blur at this point, in my opinion because it just doesn't have that same feel. It feels like Gorilla stuff now. However, prior to their uh, full length from this decade, they put out a single release, like an A and B side, and I quite enjoyed that. Uh, so it definitely harkened more to the mid-era blur, like that really sweet spot, Great Escape and Park Life and stuff like that. So I wanted to focus on that here for the odds and ends, because I don't think their full length is going to make my decades list. But I'm glad they've got something to speak for in this decade. So here you go. This is one of my favorites, Blur and Under the West Way.
Right, there you go, a single only release from earlier this decade by Blur, around 2012, 2013, something like that, earlier in the decade. But that was Under the West Way, you can find that as a download, I'm sure there's a physical 7-inch for it, I don't have it, but it's out there, go check it out if you enjoyed that. If you don't have anything by Blur, I would definitely say the best of is the way to go. Uh, there's not like that one album that's like, oh yeah, get that one. I mean, yeah, they've got some great albums. I love Park Life, I love 13, and, and like I said, Great Escape. Uh, but definitely start with that best of, because they got the two songs you already know, and then like a dozen more brilliant songs that you just gotta hear. So anyway, get down with them. So, uh, you know, this might seem like a weird transition. It would probably be less weird in Europe because this band, whilst being an American band, were and are still massive in Europe. Puts us to shame. I think at one point they were 10 times bigger in Europe than they ever were here, which is saying something if you're around. Bon Jovi. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot for me personally to speak about Bon Jovi since the inception of the show. Who are we kidding? Since 2000. Really hasn't been much to speak of. Been a couple of songs here and there. But I think we can all agree for the most part that Bon Jovi is pretty much lost to us. Especially those of us who grew up on the first four or five records. Especially those first four records. Uh, so, you know, I, I try to pay attention. I hear a few songs. I'm just like, ugh, I'm not going to listen to this. But I will say there's this one song that they put out. And I'm counting this as an odd and end. Uh, not because it suits me. But because uh, when they did the Burning Bridges album here earlier in the decade. It's actually more so just a collection of finished songs that they never put on a record this was put out as a contractual obligation so i don't even think uh fans consider this like a real full length like top to bottom realized thought it's just a way to get out of a record contract and so the the reason i bring this up and the reason i want to play something even though i said they haven't really done much for me since 2000 is that i love this song this is the final song and the title track to the album burning bridges and as you will hear this is definitely the band's final fuck you to the majors Enjoy. Sayonara, adios, our beat is in farewell. I do good night, good nobbing. Here's the last song you can sell. Let's call it Burning Bridges. It's a sing-along as well. Ciao, I do good night, good nobbing.
kind of hearkening back there as almost a sequel to Love for Sale from New Jersey. At least that's the vibe I got from it. Uh, so that was uh, probably a way less drunk recording than Love for Sale was there. But uh, regardless, that was Burning Bridges from Burning Bridges. Uh, and like I said, their, their final sign-off to the majors. The lyrics are very on the nose, and that's why I quite enjoy it. Even your Bon Jovis of the world will not be able to tell you a whole lot of positive things about the major label, especially the music industry as it is nowadays, that's for sure. And it's around this point on our list here that I finally caught up to the alphabet from previous, from the part one episode. So from this point on, we're definitely going hardcore alphabetical throughout the duration of wrapping up the odds and ends for this decade. So we're smooth sailing from here on out, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's never quite smooth sailing ever on Rock Strikes 10 now, is it? Moving over here to uh, something by David Bowie. And the last real new material released by David, actually released posthumously, because the Black Star album came out and then he left us like three days later. It was ridiculous. Uh, but there were plans to uh, have this big Broadway-ish, off-Broadway, I'm not sure. Anyway, there was a musical plan called Lazarus uh, about the concept of Black Star. And there was a lot of leftover material from Blackstar that I guess was more suitable for the Lazarus play. So it came out via an EP called No Plan, which, of course, you can also get this material on the Lazarus, you know, like cast, official cast album or something like that. Uh, so there's some new David Bowie material that you may not be aware of that's out. There were three new songs that hadn't been released. So pulling from the No Plan EP. Uh, this one, I really like this one a lot. It kind of reminds me of something more off the Reality album, which I really enjoyed. Because uh, I, I kind of like that one a lot more than I did Black Star. I'm still not feeling Black Star. I get it's very deep. It's almost too much for me. And it's just sad now, especially in retrospect. But I really like this one. It's a little more upbeat little more his uh, industrial rock phase uh, so I wanted to include it here on this episode here so from no plan and the Lazarus cast recording album what have you this is David Bowie with killing a little time
right, there you go. David Bowie with Killing a Little Time from the No Plan EP and the Lazarus album. Hope you enjoyed that. Even though it's not like a, a terribly upbeat song, it's definitely more upbeat than anything on Blackstar, that's for sure. All right, uh, still not going upbeat here. We'll get to that here in a little bit. We'll get to some fun here at the end of the show. I hope you're having, you know, overall fun, let's just say. But uh, yeah, here's one. This is a regret, actually. Uh, I've never been fully in with this artist, although I have a lot of respect for him. I know that sounds like a really corny, generic thing to say, but I do have mujo respect for this guy, uh, Lindsey Buckingham, who... Uh, is now a solo artist again because he got uh, unfairly ousted from Fleetwood Mac as they were just about to have a big major cash-in tour uh, since the kids are into him now. Uh, Apparently Stevie Nicks got him fired from the band, which is completely stupid and ridiculous. And to me, like, losing Lindsay is like losing the majority of the talent in that band. One of the more original and talented guitar players you're ever going to hear. And uh, prior to all of this drama, he actually was doing solo shows between his downtime. And he actually recorded uh, a live DVD, Blu-ray, and CD uh, just not too far from where I live. I really should have gone to the show actually in Fort Worth, Texas, at this really nice, overtly fancy place called the Bass Performance Hall. It's like an opera house, basically. And uh, he did a a recording there. I should have gone because uh, now that I've heard the album and seen the DVD and set list is great, and uh, I definitely would have enjoyed this show. So big regret there. Uh, But enjoy some audio from it here. This is a Fleetwood Mac song, but it's completely a Lindsey Buckingham song. And it's one of those songs, when I hear it, it makes me want to pick up the guitar again. Maybe someday I'll learn how to play this one. It's it seems so difficult, but it's so beautiful. And here is a, a solo Lindsay by himself version live of Never Going Back Again. Enjoy.
performance hall that was Lindsay buckingham with a live version of never going back again so beautiful so cool just uh, people talk about how restraint is everything all the restraint on that one but the pull in and the push out of that just so freaking great i love it anyway and this is why you tune into a show like rock strikes 10 right going all the way over to the other end here and uh, I'm not even going to tell you who this is. You're going to know what it is. So just, I need you to turn your stereo up really, really loud right now.
Right, there you go. That was uh, hardcore favorites, the Cancer Bats, right there. Their cover, of course, of the Beastie Boys' Sabotage. Uh, what you really need to do with that song, uh, you know, even whether you enjoyed that version or not, you gotta go look up the video for it. The video is super fun. Uh, so, yeah, go YouTube, Cancer Bats, Sabotage. Got that off of a single release for this cover of Sabotage. Go check it out if you're so inclined. Yeah, it's not as good as the original. What is ever going to be as good as the original? Just enjoy that for what it is. Yeah, a little screamy, but what else can you do with the song, you know? Anyway. All right, moving on here. Back to some live recordings here. We're going to do two more live recordings before we get out of here tonight. And uh, this one I featured on a show years ago when it came out because I just thought it was just so cool and random. Uh, There was like this live album, uh, kind of a tribute show, even though it had the participation of people from Leonard Skinner. It was this big love fest for Leonard Skinner. And I'm not the biggest Skinner fan, obviously. Far from it. I like a few songs. Uh, but this is probably my favorite Leonard Skinner song. Uh, it's called Give Me Back My Bullets. And it happens to be covered here on this particular night by the greatness that is Cheap Trick. Enjoy. <laughs>
All right, there you go. Cheap Trick from a release called One More for the Fans. Live show uh, paying tribute to Leonard Skinner with Leonard Skinner's involvement. But anyway, you can download that song by itself, and that's what I did. That was Give Me Back My Bullets, one of the great Leonard Skinner songs ever for sure. Really glad I have this nice cover of it by one of my favorite bands ever. So, good freaking times. All right, speaking of good times, here's a fun record that uh, didn't make a lot of noise this decade. But I really enjoy it, and especially any time that a song from it kind of comes up on my iPod shuffle or something like that, it always gives me a smile. Uh, so this album here, Les Claypool's Duo de Twang, and basically it's like kind of a, a one-take playthrough uh, of a bunch of Primus songs, cover songs, solo Les songs. Uh, it just sounds like a nice little fun party record. And it's, uh, I need to get the name of the guy here, but it's basically just this duo hence the name duo de twang it's les claypool and this other guy just on guitar and it's acoustic based so les is playing this like acoustic bass that he can still slap on and it's a whole thing but uh it's really fun that you can hear him redoing amos moses and uh even stuff like allison chain's man in the box uh you know to an obvious primus favorite like jerry was a race car driver so it's just a fun record so go check out les claypool's duo de twang here's the one that really always makes me laugh and I think you'll figure out why. Not just because the absurdity of the song uh, being played by this gentleman, but just, well, you'll see. We'll talk about it afterwards. So here's Les Claypool's Duo de Twang with their version of the Bee Gees, Staying Alive. <laughs>
almost have to pull over on the road whenever he starts going harp 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 <laughs> there you go Les Clay even my wife's gonna like that and I know she's not even remotely a Les Claypool fan but there you go staying alive from Les Claypool's duo to twang go check out that record tons of fun very very southern as all get out all right Let's finish off here with uh, my personal favorite of all time and a release you just got to have if you can uh, come across it, if you got the scratch now. It's really hard to get now at this point, uh, but the thing I was at, the thing I'm never going to stop bragging about, Alice Cooper, Live at the AstroTurf. Uh, as of right now, the film is doing the uh, festival circuit, the documentary. Uh, it's, it's a must-see. It does a really good job at capturing the vibe of the night. And, uh, you know, it's like documentary piece song, documentary piece song. It's done like that, but it's so well done. And uh, if it comes to your town, go support it at whatever film festival. Uh, Penn has told me that there will be, for sure, if he can help it, a physical release of this down the road. So, of course, once that goes live, I'll be letting you know. And when I do, you all got to buy it. Uh, but till then, check this out. From that night, from that very special magical night, Music History Plus, here's Alice Cooper with the original Alice Cooper group, joined by Ryan Roxy with Under My Wheels. All right, this song is about Detroit. Anybody from Detroit? I'm sorry. I'll pray for you. Yeah, it's really weird. Everybody actually knows the songs. This is good. This is the fourth band I've been in in two weeks. So I should know that every version is different from me. These are the actual versions. I guess things are getting better for you. <laughs> well, well, you guys actually know the songs. That's a. Thank you. 
<laughs> All right, hey, we're allowed to steal that ending from Twist and Shout, right? Okay. Well, the Beatles stole so much from us. Jeez. That's what Paul McCartney's afraid of. That's what it was. Terrified we'd get. Closing off volume two of Rock Strikes 10's big epic wrap up of the odds and ends of this decade in rock and roll and other types of rock and roll. That was the original Alice Cooper group, Alice Cooper, Michael Bruce, Dennis Dunaway, Neil Smith, and joining in place of the late great Glenn Buxton was Ryan Roxy, the great Ryan Roxy. If anybody deserved to be on stage that night playing that second guitar part in, in place of Glenn, definitely was Ryan Roxy. He did a great, respectful job of things there. And keep your eye out, coming soon, for that physical copy of the documentary of Alice Cooper, Life from the AstroTurf. All right, before we get out of here, we don't have any more songs, but if you would uh, humor me here for the next minute or so, I'm going to do some additional plugs in addition to the normal plugs. If you are a friend of mine, or just like hearing my voice talk about rock and roll music and, and other things, check out a couple of different podcasts that are friends of mine. Uh, as of this recording, I know that this has definitely aired. I was on the Pods and Sods Network a show that's mainly hosted, especially these days, by the great Eric Miller, one of our finer citizens in this world, uh, does this great show on the Pots and Sods Network. It's an offshoot of that show called The Six Packs. And it's done so many different artists for these six-pack episodes where they have three different podcasters headed up by Eric, and they pick their two favorite songs or two most interesting songs by a particular artist. And I was on part six of his week-long Queen six-pack episodes. I was on the last part of it, and I was, I was thought that was very cool that they closed with the episode that I was on, along with this really nice guy, Brad, from the I'm In Love With That Song podcast, another great podcast you should definitely check out. So check out the Pods and Sods Network. I'm on part six of the six-pack of Queen episodes. So I'm not going to reveal the songs I picked. Uh, probably my two favorite Queen songs, but that's really hard to do. We talk about it a lot. It's really hard to do. Those guys had excellent picks, and I bet most people haven't heard the picks that were given on that particular episode, but go check out that show. Also, I'm returning to the Cobras and Fire podcast sooner than later with an episode that I won't reveal because it hasn't come out yet out of respect to the guys of the show, but this was a really good one. It deviates pretty far out from what you might come to expect from Cobras and Fire, but if you're a long-time friend of the show, it should not surprise you in any way. I was very happy to be on this particular episode. Really looking forward to it. So keep an eye out for their feed or my feed, because of course I'm going to promote it when it comes out. Alright, there's my uh, all these other different appearances. Getting down to the meat and potatoes of cnjradio.com. It's actually not even meat and potatoes anymore. It's like a booyah base, if I uh, may so, of course, Rock Strikes 10 right here. You're listening to it right now. If you're not subscribed in any way on any kind of platform or our feed, subscribe to it. Leave a star rating and review on any of the sites that you might be listening to this on, whether it's Apple Podcasts or something like Podchaser, uh, anything like that. Uh, so help out Rock Strikes 10. Share it if you see it, things like that. I would really extra, extra especially appreciate that. And, of course, all the other shows on cnjradio.com. The flagship, the Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. Even if you're a lapsed fan, I think you will enjoy this show. We've got tons of retro reviews. 
We talk about modern stuff as well. It's a nice mix. As of this week, we posted our WrestleMania 1 retro review. Retro, retro review. It's actually a re-airing, but go check it out. It's a great episode. And then over on the Synaptic Empire audio transmissions with our friend Randy Brown, a true alternative, there are two brand new episodes up, even since the last episode of Rock Strikes 10. Two new episodes for you to enjoy. Randy does a great show. Go check it out. Go support his show as well. The Synaptic Empire audio transmissions. Also, Last Theater. There's things to talk about with The Last Theater. It's been a little dormant this year. A couple episodes here and there. Chris does a great job on the show, and he's spearheading this new franchise review that we're doing on the Halloween series. So we have recorded most of it, and episode one should be coming out this week. So keep an eye out for The Last Theater podcast. And also, of course, Talking Rock with myself and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, where we talk about a rock topic, you know, for about a half hour or so once a week. And yeah, there's a new episode of that up as well this week. We're on a roll here at cnjradio.com, continuing with the I Am Vinyl podcast with the great Pete LaRussa and myself. Pete's got a new episode up for the show this week as well. So yeah, how about that? Every show on cnjradio.com has a new episode this week. And I think if my calculations are correct, we may hit six days in a row. I'm not sure yet. I don't want to jinx it too much, but I think we may be pulling that off. But regardless, I want you to stay tuned to everything that's happening on cnjradio.com. And of course, I make jokes, but for the under 40 crowd, we are now free and officially on Spotify. That's a big deal, right? Okay. All right, let's get out of here. I'm going to try to come at you with these odds and ends episodes uh, a lot, like even more so than once a week, hopefully, through the rest of this year here. We also got tons of deaths to catch up on from like the last year and a half, and I promise I will fulfill that obligation. Uh, we've got a lot of cool people to talk about that have left us, so look for a multi-part episode of that as well coming up on the horizon. Still calculating uh, the best albums of the decade think we're going to wait actually for the ball to drop like we do every year. No sense in breaking tradition. Plus, they really never stop putting out albums until the end of the year. So let's make it official. But even though I may not be the first word on the albums of the decade, I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to have the best list. Yeah, fight me. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. Last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete LaRussa and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro. We played on every episode. It's the best outro in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for more information. Purchase their latest album, Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. Yes, I have talked long enough, and I'm out of breath, and I'm tired. So we're going to get out of here. See you guys on the next one. Have fun. <laughs>